Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC Replay. I'm your host, Noel. And I'm Corey. Um, and I guess we should, you're probably going to be listening to this like around Thanksgiving. So I guess we should yeah. start with a hearty, happy Thanksgiving. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Super, super thankful for all six of you that listen to us talk about sports. <laughs> um, we should probably actually check those real numbers because neither of us have looked at that website in weeks. Correct. To check and see what our actual numbers are. It could have gone up. It could have gone down, which is more likely, but... Well, we know we have. We at might least, have more than six. We have at least three because I, I would hope Chris is listening from from home. I think mm, he should. Uh, I wouldn't count on it. Oh yikes! Um, so we got love him, but yeah, we have uh, Delaney. Uh, shout out, friend of the pod. We have Brecken. Shout out, friend of the pod. And I think we mm-hmm. still have Scott Lorraine. Does he listen? I know he listens. He might. To I you know. know he I would love him episodes. if he does. Um, Big fan of his. And I feel like a couple of my college buddies, like, just periodically check in um, and do whatever. But, um, yeah, so thankful for you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy some some sports. You're Um, back in the good good mitten state for the week. I am. Be with your fam. I'm filming in the room in which the first podcast was recorded. Um, Wow, we've come full circle. We've come full circle. In these however many weeks it's been. Well, what? We're coming up on a year, right? We started in January. Yeah, we started in February. Oh, we did. Okay, cool. Wow, we are we're super like full time in February, I think. Yeah, um, but again, yes, we're trying to push out as much content as we can, or at least the the consecutive like not consecutive, but like the consistent like one episode week per to week. week. Yeah, um, and hopefully, uh, we will for sure be able to lock that in. But life is weird, and uh, we also do not get paid for this, so. Um, <laughs> Falls down on the list of priorities, but we still like talking about sports. That's why we do it. Oh, yeah. And you guys oh, get yeah. to hear us rant about it. But happy Thanksgiving. Thankful for all of you. Thankful to be back home. Um, and thankful that I can watch Detroit sports without having to stream anything. So thanks, Mom and Dad, for having cable. Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you, Karen and Ken, for my access to your <laughs> yes. to your cable. <laughs> so for all of you listening, um, Chris and Noel, I believe, don't have cable. Nope. It, I it, have never had cable in my life. Okay. That was just, I grew up on PBS. That's where I was as a kid. So the only, the only way that they can watch the games is if I give them my parents' Xfinity logins so yep. they can stream it on their <laughs> laptop. So if anyone questions our commitment to this Which podcast, is what we've been, you and I have been doing at least since oh, yeah. we were in college. I have had your parents' login since I was in college. So. 100%. <laughs> my parents were like, were like mad at that like oh you can't give her a login to so many people i'm like what are they gonna they're watching sports that's why yeah. i give it to them I like know. like well they're gonna hack into your mainframe your bank account or something i know every time i log in i like poke my hand up so i don't see anything on <sighs> the actual screen and just like go to what i need to and then get my stuff because i don't i don't even want to like I don't want to see a thing. I don't want well, to see anything. I don't care. <laughs> well, the funny thing is they don't even use it. They don't even use the, the streaming thing. I use it. So oh like they, they've never even looked at it. So don't worry about that. But besides okay. the point, we, we are committed to watching these games. Um, so, but let's get started. Um, usually we lead off with the Lions, but we'll have, we'll have something special for them a little bit later down. Mm-hmm. Um, something Speaking happens. of something special, I don't know if special is the right word, but that was my attempt at a transition. Last night's game with the versus the Lakers. <laughs> Would you like to go? Go ahead. You start. Okay, so this is this is pretty incredible because LeBron James had been hurt for I think a good 2-3 weeks. He hadn't played a game. So his his first game was in Detroit against the Pistons. Um why that's important? It's not really important, but like this is his first game back, like his first like like game action in just about a month. Um, just some context. Just some context. And the Pistons played the Warriors, I think the game before, um, and uh, without Curry and without like their, their studs, and I think proceeded to you know go on to lose the game. So naturally. Um, right. So, so some fans who were you know also paying money to go see the Pistons also wanted to see Curry and all those guys, but the the way the NBA is like, oh, we're just not going to play because you guys are bad. And it's like, oh, well, can't do anything about that. So whatever. So good on LeBron to come back and play against a team that's maybe not up to par with the Lakers, but maybe they are. Who knows? I mean, um, the Lakers are also not great this year. So no. they've had a they've had a tough time. With they just chemistry. have more of like the fanfare yes. behind them. So yes. like people automatically assume they're better. 
Yeah, it, I think a lot of that's just chemistry too. I mean, they've got a ton yeah. of moving. They have a whole ton of roster turnover, and I think in the NBA especially, like you need to build chemistry some way, shape, or form. Like you can't just to to LeBron's career, you can't just throw a bunch of dudes out there and expect to win a championship just because you have LeBron. He came close once um, with a bunch of losers uh, in 2007, but he couldn't get over the hump without some you know additional help. Um, but different argument for a different time. Uh, that's not even important. We don't even care about like the final score of the game, even though they should have won. After yeah, that no, tobacco. we do. We do a little bit because of what happened just, in the third, and then the concept. That's why the unintended consequences, unintentional yes. consequences, because like it does matter, right? Right. So the whole thing. I'm not. I, you can. I'll let you explain the events, but I'm just. I'm just going to talk about the game in general. It was a good game to watch. Yes. yes Jeremy Grant had an amazing game. Cade Cunningham did really well. Like, the guys were playing really well. Yeah. And Cunningham, uh, before, uh, we've been saying before we get into this, before we get into this, like, the past two minutes, (laughs) Cade Cunningham has turned a corner. Um, He has. He got his first triple-double. Yes. His first triple-double. And wasn't he the youngest in in Pistons history to get it? I think so. Yeah. I I do remember that stat. Um, But he's been averaging about 20 points a game, I think, for the past uh, five games, five or six games, um, which is... Now we're starting to see a guy who can who's coming into his own a little bit. Yeah, he's got a long way to go, we understand, but still, young guy, high expectations, and the way that he has um, has gone through uh, just uh, the growing pains a little bit, the showdown with the number two overall pick um, in Houston, and how he's carried himself even when you know he may not have those his own individual offensive numbers what more could you want from a guy cool cool headed uh or cool headed level headed and you know just ready to look forward keep getting better keep moving forward and then ultimately making his team better around him and i think you're beginning to see the stages of Kate Cunningham doing that especially with the recent performances he's had but finally what everybody wants to talk about third quarter um Jeremy Grant shooting free throws. It's off the second free throw. And LeBron is trying to box out Beef Stew, um, which is a task. I mean, uh-huh. An it, event it, in and of itself. An event in and of itself. And there was a tie. I mean, it, it, it's NBA gets a little bit physical. It's not a non-contact sport, even though it's advertised as a non-contact sport. You, you're, especially when you're trying to you know, fight for the ball or mm-hmm. rebound. It, you're gonna, you're, it's going to get a little dicey at times. So... Beef Stew's kind of wrapping, wrapping up with LeBron, trying to get some footing, trying to get some leverage or whatever. And LeBron isn't too keen of that. Um, and what looked like on the first replay, just LeBron throwing an elbow down into Isaiah Stewart's face, um, which, not great, shouldn't do okay. that. Um, but if you look at the replay closer, LeBron punches Isaiah Stewart. He, like, clothesline punched him. In the face, like in the cheekbone, like just straight hammered him in the face. And I, I didn't realize intentionally, how... like oh, that was not 100%. like he was trying to get. He wasn't trying to get loose of anything. He wasn't trying to like avoid something. He like straight up, like f- intentionally went for Isaiah's face. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like it, like he got knocked down. Like you saw the blood that was coming. It was from immediate his blood. It, was imme- it did not take a time to like coalesce or like drip down. It was like gushing right. immediately. And LeBron's kind of just standing there, like, "Oh, what? What did I do? I didn't do anything." Mm-hmm. And that's the that's mm-hmm. the superstar mentality. And I guess, however you want to look at it, I get maybe LeBron has earned that, but still, like, he punched the dude in the face. Like, what? What? You can't just be like, "Oh, I didn't do anything." Like, so shut up, LeBron. Um, and then Stewart loses his mind. It literally takes the team. It takes the the on field or on field on court security. It takes the coaching staff. It takes it takes every and he he wants LeBron. He wants to hurt LeBron James, which is not great. I, I just taking it aside. It's not great. But how awesome is it? This is this is a this is a kid. This is a that's barely, twenty year old. Yeah. This is a twenty year old, and he's about to go after the greatest player of this generation. I mean, he's not going to let him just because of who he is. He's not going. 
I got punched in the face. I don't care if you're if you're LeBron James or some dude across. The, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. So yes, he like started going after him. Whole team's pulling him back, and then he like fake walks away. To, like, like I've cooled down. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then sprints across the floor again to just try it one more time. Classic. Classic. Just, and what? Okay. So there's a couple things from from my perspective. One, this was also almost 17 years to the day of Malice in the Palace. Yes. Um. So that's just an irony, and in and of you know, on its own. Second, <sighs> the. I think the thing is with, we love Isaiah Stewart, all of Detroit loves Isaiah Stewart. The only reason he ever starts trending or makes national news or whatever is when he gets up in somebody's grill. Is when he starts, you know, when it's, air quotes, like, violent or, like, aggressive. That's the only reason he ever makes headlines. Which, as Detroit fans, we're like, no, this kid is actually really special and really good at what he does. Yeah. Um... And I think it's just a shame because he's never the antagonist for any of those things, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's never the one that's, like, initially causing the scruff or causing the issue. It's always him reacting to something else. Am I condoning this reaction? No. Uh, I am I th- a little bit. I know. You were a lot more violent than I am, so. Um, but at the same time, like, do I under fully understand it? Absolutely. I mean, you look at you look at how he grew up, the the neighborhoods and the in the places that he grew up in. Like, it you just you had to fight to survive. That was just kind of the mentality he grew up in. Yes, he's in the NBA NBA now, and so there's a little bit of a difference for that. You know, you shouldn't be just attacking guys on the court, but it's. I think it's something that endears all of Detroit to him, and I think that that's not something that he should be solely judged for. You know what I mean? Sure. I think James Edward. I sent you this article earlier, but I think James Edward released a really good piece on that, on how he's viewed, and then also how like who he is and as a person. Sure. Um, and I think that's something that we need to keep in mind, uh, especially when th- things like I feel like basketball scruffs always get blown out of proportion and there's a bunch of different reasons that we can go into that and we won't right now but Mm -hmm. this is just one of those instances that i feel like is going to get really blown up and then just kind of fizzle out but this will be the only reason we remember this game you know what i mean sure yeah i i've I've got a couple of thoughts so go ahead um uh, the first i was just thinking about the malice of the palace a little bit um, and we're kind of talking about who, like, do we condone that behavior? No. Do do we understand it? Yes. I, I, I mean, I'd almost, uh, I don't want to say, okay, condone beating up other people, but I can, I can develop a deeper understanding and also, like, t- be real with myself. I would do the exact same thing, sort of a thing. So mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart, I mean, that's, that's a flagrant too. What what happened to him? I mean, the guy got punched in the face. Oh yeah, no, blood, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's 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 just more talked about because it it's it's the greatest player in the world who right. who did it. Um, right. However, I look back to the malice at the palace. The thing that got out of hand. Yes, there was the scrum between the Pacers, Ron Artest, and and uh, and Ben Wallace. But the thing that escalated it was when Ron Artest went into the into crowd. Into the stands. Into right. the stands because I in looking at like the film and like everything from that game, somebody threw something at him. Mm-hmm. Like a beer or I don't even know what it was. So I and we've seen this a few times. There was something a couple of years ago, uh I um um uh, Isaiah Thomas, not not Pistons Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics Isaiah Thomas at the time. Um he goes into the stands because and doesn't do anything he confronts a fan because a fan is saying a bunch of just horrible things not like racial slurs or anything but just like calling him you know every other name in the book and he's like you're not going to talk to me like that and the guy's Mm -hmm. like sorry because it it was a point in the game where if if uh if the other team was held under to like 100 points then you'd get a free frosty or something like that so this guy is like blah 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 shouting like heckling this guy like almost like across the line and Isaiah's like I'm not standing up for that um and he goes in the sand so the, the point I'm trying to make is um things happen 
to help you understand how these players react. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, we talk, we try to bring in the humanity piece of this, of this podcast. Like if I'm Ron Artest in that situation, I just got in a fist fight with Ben Wallace and someone throws a beer can at me and is saying all sorts of things. Like it's not going to set you off. That would set anybody off. It's going to set anybody off. It's not a good look, but it, I, I probably couldn't control myself in that situation either with everything else that's going on. So do I fault Isaiah Stewart? No. I, no, I don't. It's not I don't good. Either. I mean, so, like, it's awesome for fans. Like, oh, we're rough and tough. We're the bad boys again. That's awesome. But, I mean, the consequences are he's going to get suspended for two games, um, yeah. which is what we saw. But And the, then LeBron also got suspended for the one. But that's that's the discrepancy there. LeBron is sure. the one who started all of this. Thing. Oh, I'm fully aware. Uh, if anything, the suspension should be equal. Because, yeah. like, Isaiah Stewart charged at LeBron, and it took literally a village to like like hold him down Mm -hmm. he didn't throw any punches at anybody Mm -hmm. he was trying to but Mm -hmm. there was no contact that that was made you know like last time i checked i don't necessarily think you can like you can hold the same like set of rules for like someone who like like physically assaults somebody in an nba game as to somebody who like failed to or it, mm-hmm. it just there was no content so i don't know really, if let's if it's lebron james that's my point like yeah. it th- this is where the star factor comes in and yeah. like that's that's yeah. the inferior in my i was remember talking to my dad i got home and i'm like you know that isaiah stewart's gonna get suspended longer than lebron james is gonna get suspended and my dad's like well that's dumb and then literally after dinner we see like okay lebron james suspended for a game isaiah stewart suspended for two my dad's like that makes no sense blah 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 blah, blah. regardless mm-hmm. um second point and I'll try to wrap this all up. Um, this is a very unique situation because I don't think there's ever, I don't think there's ever been a Jordan situation where there's like this big of an altercation. I don't know. This is, sure. this is the NBA's biggest star currently, mm-hmm. or I guess you can make that argument, but at least used to be the NBA's biggest star in the middle of this physical altercation. And most players on any given time, especially on the court, are not gonna stand up for themselves against a guy of this of this stature. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart did. So, like, yep. you you hear everybody like a situation like that. Oh, this is turning the culture. Which I really I think it can. But like, let's like I don't want to like over like exert this or over explain this. But um, the fact that. Isaiah Stewart stood up to LeBron James should tell speaks you something. Speaks to who he is. is yeah. it, it speaks to who he is and maybe even speaks to a little bit about the rest of the team. I mean, the whole identity of the Pistons in the 90s was they weren't going to back down to anybody. They were going to they were going when they would work within the rules or outside of the rules, however you want to look at it, you know, mm-hmm. they you were going to if you were going to go to the rim, you were going to pay when you went to the rim. Like it wasn't going to it was it was not going to be a comfortable trip for you. Um, right. And, you know, he's Isaiah Stewart was not going to just let this happen because just because LeBron James did it to him. Now, if it was somebody else, too, it's the same thing. You know, it's not just it's not just the fact that it was LeBron James. It's Mm -hmm. not just the fact to make a statement. It's like it's bottom line. We don't care who you are. If you're going to come up against us, we're going to go down swinging, you know, sort of a thing. Um, And I think that's what everybody like on Pistons Twitter was like kind of going towards and talking mm-hmm. about um so i yeah it really like really interesting awkward kind of cool moment but like i hey if, if this is a team culture that's gonna say we're not gonna put up with anybody's crap we don't care who you are oh, that mm-hmm. look out you know i think at the same time though there needs to be a line because oh sure once stewart was out they didn't have anybody on the court that was over six seven Sure. They were so undersized for the rest of that game, and more likely than not, that he, him being not there was the reason that they lost. Sure. And in the grand scheme of, of everything, the W is what matters, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's what they're there for. That is their job is to win. Um, and so I think I, I'm wondering, or I'm just, you know, thinking that this might be one of those instances where he, like, put a toe across the line of... Mm-hmm that's not an acceptable response 
and he's probably going to rein it back a little bit. I mean, we've seen that with with players before, not just in basketball, but in sports in general, as they go a little bit farther, and then they just kind of, you know, they learn to rein it in, and they mature, and they grow. And I'm not saying that Isaiah Stewart is immature for that reaction. I want to make that clear. Yeah. But I mean, in the fact that taking a second and looking at, if I react this way, my team is going to suffer in in a grander context, as opposed to just in in that moment. You know what I mean? Am I yeah. explaining that right? <laughs> no, you're good. You're 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 totally hit the spot on because Cunningham had a quote after the game. Is like, what, what was going through your head when you're trying to hold Stewart back? And he's like, I was trying to keep it under control so he wouldn't hurt the team. Like yeah. it's it's a verbatim, not like a verbatim quote, but that like essentially paraphrased. That's paraphrased. Um, so everybody else understands that, but still with that, with that being, you know, a thing that happened, um, I have to imagine that the team is going to rally around something like that more often than they're going to fold like they saw. I would agree. And I think if, I mean, Pistons were already shorthanded. They were already a fairly small team, um, especially at the center position, Isaiah Stewart being your starting center right now, and he's not even a seven-footer. Um, and then Kelly Olynyk, who's the guy you brought in, is out for like the next, you know, what is it? However six, long. However long it is. Um, so it was probably a perfect storm for the Lakers for that to happen because there was right. no help regardless. But if something like that happens again, we hope we don't like get an ejection or something. Right. I think they'll be better prepared and maybe even use that as fuel because at the end of the day, talent beat out the Pistons mm-hmm. that night after everything that had happened, even with LeBron James out of the game. Um, it might not be that way in the future if something like this happens or, you know, players st- standing up for themselves. So mm-hmm. interesting thing. Uh, <laughs> Pistons and Lakers play in LA in three games. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. Sunday night. It's uh We'll see what happens. I don't know that. So I okay. So I saw a rumor that LeBron tried to find Isaiah Stewart after, like, after the game or like a day later or whatever, something to kind of try and clear the air. That is unconfirmed. That was just a rumor I saw sure. on Pistons Twitter. So I don't know if anything came of that or if he actually like got in contact or whatever. But we'll see if Isaiah Stewart actually plays on Sunday. You well, know what I mean? Gonna, he's like, gonna play. I don't know. I don't know. If he's healthy, he's going to play. We will see. And start Luca Garza against Anthony Davis. Oh. I mean, you hope not, but <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I I'm a I'm a Luca Garza supporter, but it's it's pretty clear that he's not he's, <laughs> he's not quite not up Anthony to speed Davis. yet. Yeah. yeah. Um but wild times in Detroit and I think uh, um fun stuff. Um and to your point talking about the W's, this is the same conversation we've been having with the Lions. Like, all this nice stuff about, you know, culture and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, you know, wearing the city of Detroit on your sleeve, all of this stuff. Like, that's good. This is good. But at the end of the day, the W is what's going to matter. So at some point, we already went through a season of, of like, players developing, like, the young players who are going to stick around with this team looking good. Um and but still that's only going to go so far for so long you mm-hmm. need to start seeing some results and i think we're gonna get there i think one more good draft again i was really excited about this this draft for obvious reasons you get another good draft in there um you get some other good role players good scheme fits with this team and i think you're going to be you're going to be pretty competitive pretty soon um yeah there were i have to address this we have a lot of pistons content this is great um there were rumors about a Ben Simmons trade. Um, there, I, I heard two things. One, that centered around Jeremy Grant, mm-hmm. um, which, in my opinion, doesn't make any sense because the, the reason Ben Simmons is being kicked out of Philly is because of his, his offensive woes. Yes. Um, and however, three-point shooting or, you know, um, inside the paint, whatever – we already have so little offensive production. We can't lose our best player for a defensive specialist. Like it's just, you can't mm-hmm. now can Ben Simmons improve. Absolutely. I believe he can. He just needs to play, but he's doing this whole weird soap opera thing. Um, but then I saw another report um, that the Sixers weren't going to talk unless Cunningham was a part of this deal. I thought I saw it was one for one Cunningham and Simmons. And I was like, 
Uh, F no. that. <laughs> Absolutely not. F that. Absolutely Just... not. So I no. I, I've heard you hang, you hang up the phone in the middle of that sentence. Man. You don't even like entertain that for Man. a second. No. I've heard I've heard interesting things. I've heard somebody say the Kings out west because that'll keep him out of the public eye and like expectations are so low in Sacramento that he like his ego will be fine. I've heard <laughs> that. I would kind of like to see that happen, but that has nothing to do with the Pistons. We just have to address what what was talked about because that's yeah. just completely absurd. Um, yeah. So, but wow, a lot of Pistons talk. I think uh, that was good. That was good. That was Moving good. Moving on. Um, would you like to start this? <sighs> I, you We're know gonna what? head into the Lions if you can't tell. I, I promise, listeners. So I've. I, I'll tell a little story. Okay, so everyone, really everyone, nice. everyone kind of has like a, like if you grow up in Michigan, like it's, it, and people come from out of state and they talk about like, uh, who do you root for NFL wise, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, I'm a Lions fan. And then there's always another team, right? Oh yeah. There's, there's always the, your, the B, your girlfriend the B, team. The B yeah. team, you know, like the, or the AFC team or even the other like NFC West team, something along those lines. Cause like you can't just root for the Lions as your only professionals like NFL team. It, no. It's just, you'll, you'll go crazy. So my team is the Raiders, because my dad rooted for the Raiders in the 70s. Love, best jerseys in the NFL. Fight me, I will die on that hill. Um, however, I, I it was always kind of like this. Raiders were a little bit more of my favorite than the Lions, and which is interesting now because the Raiders are actually competing for something. But I've I think my heart and soul has completely bought into the Lions. Like, through and through. They which walk. is a hilarious statement. Which is hilarious. Continue. Like, they are my team. Like, I'm, like, people are like, oh, why don't you root for the Colts? Like, like, yeah, I'll, like, go to games and stuff. But, like, I'm not, like, a Colt. I don't have that connection. I just moved to Indy. Like, I don't have that connection. I yeah. don't have the years and years of of, of careful study of, of this. <laughs> so, I did a little bit and with the screaming. Raiders. And screaming. Um, so, like, I've, I finally bought it. And I, and I told myself, and I've been telling other people, it's like, the Lions are probably maybe one of my more enjoyable teams. Because expectations are zero. There, there's I'm not there are no expectations I'm not expecting anything from them yeah at all so when they lose like it's like oh I was, I was thinking about that but when they win it'll be like the greatest thing in the world however it did not feel like that on Sunday I was like convincing myself since Goff was out with an injury because he only completed uh four passes for 11 yards in the first half of of one football game which is an atrocious number mm -hmm. um I was like, all right, they're going to put Tim Boyle. They're at least going to attempt to go down the field and, and, and throw the ball past, you know, 20 yards. Noel, they didn't do that. I, I know. I watched that entire game from start to I finish. I did not. Again, <laughs> playing the Browns. And I, I've got to say, we'll start with the good. I've got to say it is a it is a gift from the Lord himself. It is a miracle. It goes, it goes christ's birth and resurrection and then like you go like a little bit lower and it's the fact that deandre swift has two games in a row of over a hundred rushing yards you want to know why that's a miracle noel why why is that a miracle because everyone in their dead grandma knows that the <laughs> lions were gonna run the ball mm -hmm. and they couldn't stop it I mean, like, it's not like Swift is unstoppable for, but he had, he had in an overtime game, he had over 100 yards. I think he had 118 or 120 in an overtime game. And then in a game against Cleveland, he had, he outrushed Nick Chubb, who is in most circles is a top three running back in the NFL. He had 135 rushing yards. This this does not happen for Lions. I've I've clamored about this all the time. Like even when Stafford was still on the team, we have to develop a rush game to at least free up some open space. They've done the complete opposite. They no longer have any remnants of a pass game, and now they have a rushing mm -hmm. game. And I talked mm -hmm. about that in preseason too. If there's going to be anything good that's going to come out of the season, it's going to be the offensive line and the rushing attack because of the. the the line that they've built and the talent that Swift has. And now all that we have is and, an offensive line and a rushing attack. And that's it. And oh, that's boy. it. And for the people who are saying Penny Sewell is a bust, he hasn't allowed a sack this year. Just saying. So, um, impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the good. 
So Swift had a great game. That's and the that good. took about two minutes of your time. Two minutes of my time. Um, Tim Boyle, I, I should have told you to look at his stats before, like his college stats. He's thrown more interceptions. Um, I, I think he, he has a one to two touchdown to interception rate as a college quarterback at UConn. Oh, boy. Football powerhouse UConn and mm-hmm. Eastern Kentucky. So how this man is in the NFL, I saw someone tweet out, Tim Boyle is the definition of white privilege, and I <laughs> laughed so hard. I, I retweeted it. It was it was hilarious. So I bought <laughs> oh, into no. the fact that, that he was going to do something, but they didn't even let him try. Like, it was the same kind of uninspired play calls. I mean, it, they I, there were a few times where he did pass the ball more than 20 yards, and mm-hmm. I, I distinctly remember four. So his first pass was just like nobody, not even a defender was there. Like, I don't know who he was passing to. Then he had a couple of nice completions, I think, to Raymond and then Amon St. Brown that were on the sidelines. And then he threw the deep, the deepest ball he threw. I don't even know who the receiver was. I couldn't even tell you. Um, but it was a 50-50 ball. And it just, it, it just came. It wasn't a bad throw by any means. And essentially the wide receiver just got bullied. Um, so you, you did that four times. You had a 50% completion rate. Mm-hmm. Why not do that a few more times? Because they were doing that same lame stuff. There was a there was an empty backfield play. I think the Lions were at the fifty somewhere in the th- in the second quarter, and empty backfield. Swift was in the slot, and they just do a bubble screen on third and long. Why are we running that play? We have to we have to we have to at least attempt to that we're going to pass the ball so we can free up more rushing space. Play action. Do something. You know, if they're if they're bottling up Swift and you do a play action, then they're going to be off their toes, and then they're going to have to defend your wide receivers who are not very good, but they're still going to have to account for them, and then you're going to free up more running space. When those two things are working well, it is very difficult to stop an NFL mm-hmm. offense when you can develop a rush game, a consistent rush game, and then also make people pay attention to your pass game. It's mm-hmm. it's it sets up everything it's incredibly hard to do i'll give you that and if you had to choose one you probably would choose what the lions had done in the past 50 years or at least with stafford and have that strong pass game because that'll at least keep you competitive right um but is if the only way you can move the ball is to rush then they're going to stack the box they're going to make you and then if you have a guy like tim boyle who's horrible um you're just you're gonna lose like you yeah. at least try and then oh my goodness one one more thought no you're fine i was fourth, just gonna ask a question you're good fourth quarter five minutes to go you're on your own 40 okay it's third and 12 you need to get a first down otherwise you need to then stop the browns at some point and get the ball back and then i guess rush until the clock runs out and whatever third and 12 they run a draw, halfback draw. Mm. Horrible. What are we doing? Is you, Dan Campbell calling plays at this point? I think he is. And he needs to give the play calling back to... Uh, Anthony Lynn? Anthony Lynn. Okay. Because I, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Lynn is at least... you. That's the Charger, his job. The Chargers, when he was the head coach with the Chargers, their offensive play calling was not their problem was not their problem yeah justin herbert was a rookie and he looked great i mean he's even better now but rookie quarterbacks don't just naturally like click Mm -hmm. now i'm not i'm not comparing i'm police i'm not comparing tim boyle to justin herbert but i'm saying if the guy has some success with people who don't necessarily have the nfl experience let him continue to call plays right I, I so uh, if you want, it, I guess I'm I guess I'm blaming Dan Campbell for that. Like he needs to relinquish that if you want to have a shot in these games. I know you don't have the talent. I know golf is hurt. I know golf is whatever. Um, t- just attempt attempt to throw the ball down the field, and then that will only help your running game. And then mm-hmm. I don't know why David Blau isn't starting. David Blau's first completed pass was a seventy yard touchdown to frickin'. Marvin Jones. It, it was either 70-yard touchdown or it was a 70-yard completion. I can't remember. It was on Thanksgiving. So, um, 
start them again, please, for the love of the Lord, please, so we can at least attempt to have a pass offense. Mm-hmm. And he's been there. He knows. He, he he knows the guys. He know like he's worked with the team. He's comfortable. He's familiar. Tim Boyle was here just this past year. He he's new this year. He was under Aaron Rodgers, but still, obviously, that didn't work because uh, we saw the performance on the field. But oh, just so. Who do you think starting on Thanksgiving? They're gonna start Boyle. I think. I don't think they should. Um, you don't think Goff will be back? Oh, no, I sure hope not. Then that's for sure a loss. Well, because he's dealing, he wasn't in any good, and then he's dealing with an oblique injury. He's not going to be able to throw the ball. Okay. We saw what he did with I an saw, injury oblique. What did I see today? I saw Dan Campbell answer questions about whether Goff will be back, and somebody was like, can you give us a percentage of how sure you are? And he goes, I'm 60% sure that it will be 50-50. And I was like... That's perfect. That's an answer. That's perfect. That gives us nothing, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, that's... This is some coach speak for you, I guess. High key coach speak there. Some high key coach speak without it's it's razzle dazzled and some Dan Campbell isms. Yes. Um, but definitely coach speak there. So, um, bottom line again here, like I've completely bought into my Lions fandom. That's the the poor soul. I'm never. I mean, I can't. I'm not any better. But I'm never turning. I'm never turning my back on this team. But also, I just have to start thinking of this team as. Uh, an enigma or not even an NFL franchise because I've said it once I'll say it again you cannot logically explain what's happening to this team at all times now after this week I'll probably get more mad and then I have I have a rant cooking um, and questions for the media that I would really like to have answered Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna equate that quite yet because I do think if there's any more team that's run horribly than the Lions right now, it's probably the Bears because now there's reports saying that 90% of the roster wants their head coach fired and they're about oh, to play boy. a game in Detroit. Good. Um, so this is it's beautiful because what if the players throw the game intentionally just to get this guy out of here? I mean, we kind of saw it with Patricia, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, so Thanksgiving we, game's a big deal no matter where you're from. Thanksgiving so. Day game is a big deal. Um uh, the the Bears are struggling. The Lions, the Lions are still searching for their first win. After how do you tie before you get your first win? How uh, how do you Corey, do that? If I had answers, I would be a millionaire. Uh, just I don't I don't get it. But I'm I can't talk about the Lions anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna start rambling about nothing. So let's talk about your other favorite team, or your other favorite subject, uh, the Tigers. <sighs> <laughs> well, okay. And how they're currently being run. Okay, so uh, again, Eduardo Rodriguez, love that signing. He's officially a member of the team. They did his jersey ceremony. And really, I think that's a great a slam dunk signing. I think the Tucker Barnhart deal, slam dunk. I've We've already talked about that. We already talked about the peripherals. Um, this is mostly speculation. First off, to address the elephant in the room, yes, I was very sad that Verlander signed a one-year deal with the Astros, which has a player option for another year. Um, but it's a one-year, twenty-five million dollar deal with a player option for another for another year at twenty-five million. Tigers weren't going to offer him that. No. We know that. The How only I... text I got that day was pain. That yes. was all I got. Pain. Um, so. It, it, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because if he performs well, um, he could opt out and get a longer term deal, which would probably be, you know, somewhere in the twenty eight to thirty million dollar range, which I don't think the Tigers would pay that either. Um, or if he doesn't perform well, he'll have the option to stay for another, you know, twenty fifth year, and then the Tigers could swoop in for maybe a one year deal, a two year deal at a lower you know, what he's, what he's worth now. So this is totally performance driven, but that's, he's not on the Tigers. So we're not going to talk about that. Um, but speculation and out, I've never seen something so widely accepted, um, by like, like media people that Carlos Correa is going to Detroit. This is, this is what we've been hearing since halfway through the baseball season. Like Carl, he's going to Detroit. He's going to Detroit. He's going to, once it was the off season, it's like, uh, Tigers have met with, he went out to lunch or breakfast with AJ Hinch. Like, like 
I get, I get it, like, that he was his manager, but still, like, this is the Tigers manager and a potential free agent, the biggest free agent name in the shortstop market, and you mm-hmm. went out to, I mean, the looks of that looks like, oh, we got this guy. Like, he's he's our guy. And then the reports came out. They want Correa, they want they want to sign him long-term, but the $300 million price tag is, is, a, is a sticking point. Now, this could be negotiating tactic, or we've seen this story before. Tigers don't want to spend the money where it's needed. Now, when I saw the Barnhart deal and the Eduardo Rodriguez signing, this was, in my eyes, the anticipation that other signings were going to happen. Other big name signings. Because Eduardo Rodriguez was wanted by quite a few teams. Like this is not like he's not the top tier starter on the market, but he's mm-hmm. he's definitely a guy that many teams wanted. A hundred percent. And probably one of the more consistent arms on the market. So like, okay, we're 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 making the trend. We're making the change. If you want to get over the hump and be competitive, you have to make a big splash with this because you're because you are not going to have a shortstop market next year like this. No. Everybody's going to sign their eight, seven, six million dollar deal, or or six year multi million dollar deal, and then what? What are you going to do? What's your answer? We don't have a shortstop on the roster. Goodrum was cut last week. Mm-hmm. And you're worried about the three hundred million dollar price. You're going to have to pay somebody that money. You need a difference maker, not only on offense, but on defense as well. And Correa is the complete package when it comes to that. And he's the youngest player or the youngest shortstop on this market. Now, I love I love Marcus Simeon. I do. He's 32 years old, 31 or 32. I don't feel comfortable giving another 32-year-old a multi-million dollar and multi-year deal. I do not feel comfortable with that. Carlos Correa is 28, 27, I think. You at least get good years out of him when you sign this deal. And if you're saying we want to compete for World Series, we want to, this is what we've been hearing this whole lot. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put this team in a in a position to compete for World Series championships. That's why we were brought in and that's why we made these signings. If you don't sign a difference maker on the offensive side of the ball, you're not competing for a World Series. You're not even competing for your division. Who's going to play shortstop? Who's going to play short? Willie Castro. He hasn't developed, and he's not a difference maker either. Who's going to do it? So I, I'm. I've praised Avila for those signings in the the trade. I think they're still great. I think they're really great. But if we're getting back to this, oh, we do don't have the money. Do you think that's more Al Avila, or do you think that's a Chris Illich thing? I think it's both. I think it's both. Um, I mean, because the, the GM and the owner are usually working together. Um, right. When, when it comes to these things. I don't think... You don't even think, like, this being more of the money aspect of it rather than the than the talent or the player aspect of it? It's Chris? I mean, they have the money. They've, they've, spent, they've spent the past what, six seasons with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball? A bottom third payroll in baseball? I mean, people still come to those games. I mean, besides the COVID year. But, uh, I mean, you're still riding the coattails of of Miguel Cabrera sponsorships. And I I get it. I don't understand what goes into all of it. I don't. But you currently just had your two babies, the Red Wings and the Tigers, go through rebuilding seasons to lower payroll. I think the Red Wings up until last year had the lowest payroll in the NHL. I don't know the answer to that. Outside of Arizona, maybe. Um, But you just spent a good five seasons with two franchises operating at minimal costs. I don't think you're not turning a pretty significant profit margin in that. It's not going to be as much, but if you're talking talking about costs... And so it's like, I, I wish that they were recorded. I'm using my hands. I can't do it. Um, but the the discrepancy from cost to, um, to cost to profit may not have the highest ceiling, but the 
the gap between those I feel like was pretty significant mm. because your your payroll was so low. So I'm saying this, you're either competing for World Series or you're not. Signing, getting a catcher that you needed, getting a starter that you needed, and saying, oh, we're, we're done. We don't need anything else. That's not competing for a World Series. That's 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 one foot in the water and one foot out of it. You're not you're not bought in. You can't operate half bought in and win World Series championships. You can't do that. And the scary thing is, even if you're fully bought in, like we saw with those early 2010 Tigers teams, you still might not get it. So that's why it's so important that you have to completely buy in because even if you do, you're not you're not going to you may not get it, but if you're not bought in, you're for sure not going to get it. It's it it cannot happen. It cannot operate at that. So that's all I have to say about that. That was a good uh, collection of thoughts. Was it I, um, was it not ranting at Avila? Was it was it was it organized and intellectual? I it hope was, it was. It okay. was. I think you did a great job. Okay. There was actually it, it felt like a cohesive argument. It didn't feel like a rant. So. Okay. Well, I feel like that one That's rant. That's an A plus. That I, I feel like the one rant I had of Avila was pretty coherent and I was just really loud at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's the volume that crosses over into rant territory. Yes. For you. It's usually the yelling and, and the hand slamming on the table that really bothers Ben. <laughs> I'm just gonna shake my table. Yes. Alright. On to the wings. Yes, onto the who wings. Who hysterically have had the least exciting week. Um, and probably the most, dis- I don't know about most disappointing, but one of the more disappointing weeks. Very tough stretch. Very yeah. tough stretch. It's It's been rough for them. They lost, what, three, four in a row, something like that? They lost to Arizona. Which is, in, alone, a problem. I mean, they got a, they got a point, but they lost to Arizona. Yeah, no, I know, it's bad. It's not good. But it's Ugh. not a good place, that's not a good Ugh. place to lose. No. Let's see what the schedule says. All right. So since we last talked to you all, um, they have lost four games. Yep. They lost to the Jackets, the Stars, the Knights, and to Arizona. Well, and they blew that game against the Jackets. What, they had a two-goal lead in the third? Yes. Um, so that was probably, outside of like the Arizona game, that was probably their worst loss of the road trip. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, they still lost by three in every other game. You can't. You can't. So, you can't other than lose Arizona. It. You can't lose a game when you're up in the third by two no. goals. You can't do that. No. It's this, just... um, it felt very reminiscent of, of 2019, 2020 yeah. Red Wings, uh, which is not a place we love to be. No. So. If you have to look at, I mean, the bright sides, <laughs> I think it's very clear that outside of Larkin and Bertuzzi, Raymond and Sider are your, are your three and four on this on this team, which is what mm-hmm. you want. Um, yep. frankly. Um, and it doesn't look like Raymond has slowed down. I mean, it's not, I mean, not everybody's slumping right now. Larkin's still playing really solid. And I think now people are beginning to see how important he is to this team. Yeah. And hopefully the dumb people who say ceiling is a third line center are, are quiet now because it's, it's clear what happens when this guy is not on the, on the ice. Mm-hmm. It's clear what happens when Bertuzzi is not on the ice, how that affects this team. And then yeah. also to see the development and the chemistry that they have with Raymond. And then also to see how Sider has taken over and essentially become the defensive leader, all-around defensive leader on, on the team is oh, encouraging yeah. as well. So it, we're in that territory of, of, okay, they're losing, but the Pistons and it's everything's going according to plan, so to speak. Um, but as the fans in us, again, we still need to have some wins, which we have seen some wins. And... A competitive team and some good wins as well and we have seen a competitive team this year so i'm not i'm not ready to jump ship but this is a pretty tough tough stretch it's been a tough week it was a tough week to stomach yeah and i'm just hoping that it's like a one-off yeah you know like it's not a this isn't just we're all downhill from now yeah and this is a a a west they didn't play the california teams did they not yet. So they have another. So. They have another West Coast trip, I think. So this is this is one of two West Coast trips. I don't want to say like oh time change like that affects because it, it doesn't. I I I or I mean it will at some point, but like that's not the reason they lost those games. They just frankly were not any good. They weren't good enough. Um, 
So, I mean, there's not really much else to talk about with, with Stetcher them. Stetcher and Stevens are both out until after the Olympic break. Right. That I did see that. But through I'm, injuries. So, I'm, I'm more really so, the only other thing of notice. Right. Of, I'm, no, of note. Oh, yes. Words. I'm more I'm more so, like, just talking about, like, what we've seen on the ice. What, what we've seen from this team these past four or five games is not indicative of what this team can be. I guess right. is a bottom line. I, yeah. I have a bottom line for each category here this week, <laughs> um, which is, Hey, we prepared. Just kidding. No, we don't. Shh. Oh shoot. Can't say that. Um, don't tell people that dude. But, uh, we've seen what this team can do when they click. Everything's going well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not concerned about Nadelkovich. I might be a little concerned about Grice. He looked really bad in, in that Vegas game. He got hung out to dry a little bit, but um, also he just let in some some pretty soft goals. Um, but I'm I'm not too concerned with how they're playing. I think they're they're playing at home for the first time in what seems like two weeks. I'm going to that game. Thankfully, the first game of the year that I'll be able to attend. Um, it's against the Blues, who are a tough team. But I think being back in their building, being home for Thanksgiving, because that does play an effect on it too. Mm-hmm. You'll see a little bit of an extra energy and they've been a very very good team yeah at lca uh, yep i don't want to say unbeatable no they haven't been unbeatable but um the difference is stark and that was one of their issues uh at the tail end of their of the playoff decline is like they played really well at home but on the road they couldn't mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't the same team so the fact that we we had the playoff decline then we had the rebuild and now we're Getting back. We're just making it back up that mountain. We're on the other side of the valley. We're looking over at where we were. But we're now, making our way back up. But now it's progress. So yeah. it's not just yeah. okay. We can see it on the way down. Okay, now we're seeing. We're getting back to. We're going in the right direction. We're going in the right direction. So, um, but yeah. So excited to see them. They'll be shut down after Thanksgiving, I think, for a couple of days. Um, but uh, to our most hopeful team, it's tough, but we're still behind you. Thumbs up. <laughs> Big fans. Alrighty. Um, that's all I got. Anything else? No, I'm good. Wow, we are under an hour. This is... I feel like we we're talked speeding about... speeding through. I feel like we talked about quite a bit today. It doesn't feel like we're under an hour. Yeah. We covered a lot. We were... Yeah. We were on top of it. Also, the wings didn't take as long, and I feel like they usually do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so from both of us, we want to say happy Thanksgiving. Happy Have a wonderful week with your families or your friends or whoever you celebrate this with, if you celebrate it, I guess. Um, yeah. We will see you next week. Deuces. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.